Welcome to the 8th Amazing Race 29 recap episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me today is the lady who, for the first time in two weeks, is sobering enough to podcast with us, Michelle Pierce Denneman. <laughs> yes. Hi. You're going to love the next bit, Michelle. Oh, and God. the Canadian who, for the first time in two hours, is not too hungover to podcast with us, Logan Saunders. <laughs> Morning. Hey. Mm-hmm. For the first time in a long while, I've done ones that are interlinked for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. For podcast 197. Wow. Jeez. We really need to start actually thinking of what we're doing for number 200. Because, spoilers, it's not Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> what is it going to be? I don't know yet. Have you come around to my way of thinking on not doing Amazing Race Canada yet, Logan? We can... Uh, only thing I would re- that I would do for Amazing Race Canada legs would be the international rounds, but that's it. We'd only be doing, like, one podcast then, though. That's barely worth it. That's what Ben does. You might do two. <laughs> I think they filmed three international legs so far, none of which are interesting from the places they've gone. No, they weren't, were they? So I think Michelle quite enjoyed this pair of episodes from what I was reading. I did. Oh, my gosh. Laughing at all of Scott's one-liners, at all of Brooke's little sound effects as well as other things i just laughed and laughed i replayed bits again and again just to laugh again and again i am not exaggerating when i say that about a third of my notes are just either brooke or scott quotes this time correct it's not london or logan quotes michael how dare (laughs) how dare you how dare you michael shockingly i do have a few london and logan things to mention there is a couple yeah not many but a few so previously, six teams raced to Greece. Liz and Michael and Becker and Floyd both got lost, and then they were also U-turned. At the detour, everyone befriended donkeys, while Liz and Michael defriended Brooke and Scott over their U-turn. Tara is allegedly in the army and used those skills to crush the roadblock and put her and Joey in first place again. In the end, Liz and Michael couldn't overcome their four-task leg and were eliminated from the race. And teams must now take a taxi to the old bridge at the Corinth Canal to get their next clue. And I love this route marker already because I know that quite a lot of this cast are Amazing Race fans, so they knew what was coming. Yes. <laughs> Any anything but bungee jump. Anything but bungee jump. It's the no. It's the number one fear of the of my fear. <laughs> Apparently, Joey spent an hour in the taxi convincing Tara that she was going to have to do a bungee jump, which is why we saw the. Are you effing kidding me face from Joey when he opened the roadblock clue and saw Joey must do this roadblock? (laughs) (laughs) What would be the greatest fear of your fears? Um, Well, I'll go first then. I wouldn't want to bungee jump or skydive, actually, because I've done bungee jumping before and it's just awful. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to do either of them again. Logan, have you woken up enough to answer the question? Bungee jumping would probably be fairly high up there for me, um, especially when... There's the picture of me on a Las Vegas roller coaster on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what I would love to happen is you have to do a switch back to the Japan uh, roadblock from Amazing Race 9. Oh, that at the Lake Yamantara, Yamanaka, whatever it's called? Yeah. Just to see, see all the roller coaster faces. I'd have to somehow keep my eyes open to look to see the letters. If anyone has not seen this picture, it is amazing. That's There's good. no other word for it. It's yeah. just awesome. <laughs> it comes from a place of love, but Logan on roller coasters is just hilarious to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And it is Tara and Joey leaving at 2.40, with Matt and Redmond at 3.01, Brooke and Scott at 3.39, London and Logan at 4, and Becca and Floyd at 5.23. Becca and Floyd were pretty far behind to start out this round. They were. Maybe the uh, the U-turn actually had an effect. I don't know. I think driving 40 kilometers in the wrong direction may have had a greater effect. And I do like that Joey, even though he said in his bio he's afraid of spacewalks, he's afraid of heights, really. Yeah, he said he was afraid of nothing. That went out the window. Yeah, Joey, you liar. Yeah. You have to say that stuff. You have to say it, otherwise they'll put you in whatever you're afraid of. Three out of four roadblocks? Are you kidding me? No, not not are you kidding me. (laughs) Did you notice the nice edit on Scott saying, why do I get all the height ones? Because I have it on good authority from Scott that there was a word taken out of that. It seems like the edit was trying to be sneaky, taking in a lot of words out of Scott and Brooke's mouths this this week. Yes, I I believe the actual quote was, why do I get all the fucking height ones? (laughs) Bob Harper, folks. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a roadblock, which is, who's ready for the long stretch? And in this roadblock, one team member must perform a switchback to Amazing Race 9 and bungee jump 240 feet off the bridge into the Corinth Canal. Please note, Joey, Matt, Scott, and Logan must do this roadblock. And we get to see BJ and Tyler. Ta-ta! We do. Big thumbs up for the producers, actually, for not only acknowledging Amazing Race 9 exists, but acknowledging Amazing Race 3. Yeah, all in a two-hour episode. That might be why they paired these two legs together. And then the people that they show from these two seasons are Flo and BJ and Tyler. So clearly they have good taste. I do like that all of Reddit seems to be saying that Brooke is worse than Flo right now as well. Yeah, it's... that's... no. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be perfectly honest, Brooke is nowhere on the, the list of most annoying races. I think the reason why people are saying Brooke might be worse than Flo is because Scott reacts a lot more compared to what Zach did. Like with Zach, he just let a lot of it roll off his shoulder, while Scott will continuously challenge Brooke whenever he has the chance. When, As I recall, Zach did not troll Flo by saying that he had a secret express pass for the whole season. Mainly because Express Passes didn't exist then, because that was the good bit of Amazing Race. A secret fast-forward. I have a secret fast-forward pass. Fun fact, actually Flo and Zach possessed the first iteration of the save. How so, Michael? Well, they they just sneakily used the save and they cut it out. It was actually unaired. Really? Yeah, they they won it by by Flo doing one roadblock in the season. (laughs) (laughs) I love podcasting with Michelle when it's midnight for her because she will believe yes. literally anything out of my mouth. <laughs> I try my best, but it is <laughs> quarter past twelve. <laughs> so Beck and Floyd, Beck and Floyd continue the trend of coming up with new nicknames for themselves. So they take a page out of the Kim Stoppable book that we mentioned at the start of the season and say they're fun stoppable. Yep, and in light of this week's Netflix releases, I would like to say that they are also fun breakable. It's alive, damn it. It's a miracle. (laughs) The racers are strong as hell. We've been living here ten years. Nobody's seen no Floyd. Nobody's seen no Floyd. (laughs) Nobody's smelt no Floyd. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he's passed out in the middle of the uh, farm. I'm guessing Michelle has never seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. No, obviously not. 
It's awesome. It is. <laughs> I'm very excited to finally start watching season three tonight. Oh, and Matt and Redmond, they finish each other's sandwiches. They do. They're so sweet together. We saw a lot more of Matt this week, which was nice. They're like peanut butter and jelly. Sandwich. I mean, our love of Redmond is quite well documented, but it's nice to see Matt also actually get some airtime. Yeah, we actually see Re- uh, Matt this week. Yeah. Uh, that means I don't have to dip into my stock of marijuana references with the guy from Colorado. It makes a change. Joey's feeling sickly, which may or may not have to do with having with knowing he has to go bungee jump. And Scott hopes it's not a bungee jump, but knows he has to do it because of the full four split rule. Oh, Scott, this is one of your finest hours. <laughs> because all, all I have written down is just, Scott takes it like a champ. He's just so calm about it. Are you kidding me? Uh, it was also uh, Joey's finest hour with his hair. Yeah. This one, I, I wrote that down. Is my hair still good? All he's done is go up and down. So obviously, every morning before he races, he fixes his hair. And we didn't know that about him. Be funny if he was bald after the jump and he just says, is, is my hair still okay? And everyone else just looks around in nervousness. Eh, you may have lost some off the top. <laughs> Joey is the true metrosexual of this race. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> Fun fact, Joey actually takes longer to get ready in the morning than Tara does. Well, Tara's in the army. Tara. She, was even trying to tell, she was even telling Joey, come on, the bungee jump isn't that high. It doesn't seem that high. Yeah, mainly because she knew she didn't have to do it, and also because she is deathly afraid of heights compared to Joey. That height was just ridiculous. 240 feet. Just ridiculous. How high was the bungee jump you did, Michelle? It was off a crane, so cranes don't go that high. It was a pretty high crane. I mean, it was the biggest crane that you could get, but still, no, nothing compared to that. It was a high bloody crane now. <laughs> yes, it was. And we get insight into how much, uh, how much of an adrenaline junkie Matt is, because his words were that he's jumped out of airplanes before. Plural. Airplanes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I don't he's going to have that much trouble with the bungee jump, even if he says, well, in this case, you can actually see the ground. I'm thinking, if you're, <laughs> if you, if, if that, that's the thing that your mind is thinking about before a bungee jump, then you're not all that nervous. And also the Greek dude saying to him, did you enjoy it? And Matt just going, how could you not enjoy it? It's awesome. I'd say only one in ten people would say that. Yeah, I would never, ever, ever want to do it. Ever. And Redmond says the most fitting thing before Matt jumps. Did you catch what he said? He said, break a leg. Redmond said, break a leg. I broke my leg. What, did he want Matt to get even with him? I don't get it. So that they're on a level playing field? I would have liked to see Redmond do this roadblock. Yeah, and then if Matt were to say, break a leg, everyone would would, would just be uh, uh, yelling at him on social media, saying that he's being offensive and insensitive to Redmond. He's rude. <laughs> And did you see the, the, I believe, the Greek guy who orchestrated this uh, task? His name was Salty, I think. And did you notice he was wearing a shirt call, uh, that said, I did it? Yeah, that seems to be the uniform of all the people who work at Zulu Bungie. I wonder if they're just really big fans of uh, the Dave Matthews band. Quite possibly. Also, while I remember, thank you to Scott for not mentioning me on uh, on his podcast. We've I've mentioned him twice now. Why? He gave a shout-out to a fan on this week's podcast. And didn't mention me. Despite Which the fact fan? I'm not sure. I've never heard of him. 
but I, I have registered my disgust with Scott this week. Oh, dear me. Are you going to write on the official Amazing Race Facebook page while everyone else is saying, oh, Brooke's terrible for whining, oh, I can't believe Scott's like this, blah, blah, blah. Then, you, then you can post on there saying, yeah, he won't even acknowledge me on his podcast. What the hell is that about? <laughs> Scott is the worst. <laughs> Scott is the worst person ever to race because he won't mention me on a damn podcast. Travesty. Scott, if you're listening, I can't believe Michael is on your mind while podcasting to the point that you don't even spend a breath saying his name. How dare you? I'm on everyone's mind, Logan. You should know that by now. Yes. It's like Eve, it's like Eve and Gwen Stefani. <laughs> the world revolves around me, as it should do. So, yeah, Scott's reaction is typically understated. He just goes, that was horrible. <laughs> it just looks square in the camera, too. <laughs> I love how he does that. I'm really enjoying how he's looking at the camera. He just gives one of those looks and just goes, that was horrible. I am never doing that again. Even before that, where he was freaking out saying, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I can't, I can't come to you. I can't come. I can't come. And then he has <laughs> to apologize to the workers there and uh, for yelling at them. This is too much. This is too much. This is too much. I can't let go. I can't let go. I'm so scared. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just goes through every single dejected phrase in the English vocabulary. But it was so high. You know, you were seeing the view that they were having and I was having flashbacks to mine and I was thinking in my brain, no, 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 don't jump. And then Scott's going, no, no. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't take this. I can't even look at this and I'm not even doing it. Most importantly, had Liz and Michael survived the last leg, Mike would have had to do this roadblock. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for an impression of Mike doing the uh, the roadblock. If I don't come back up, please take care of Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So teams must now fly to Hanoi, Vietnam, and find Tung Lai Tai To to get their next clue. Do you think the the cartoon character the Noid is from Hanoi? Yes, maybe. <laughs> he's he's a communist. The Noid is communist? He'd be the first communist action hero, I think. There must be action heroes over there, somewhere. I mean, I, I did discuss this on the Amazing Race Canada podcast last year. Vietnam is an odd place to go to, because I did Ho Chi Minh City, and it, it's just a weird place. That's the south. I think the north uh, from... Because I have a few friends who I went to school with who have gone to northern part, especially... Uh, one guy in my class who I got really close to last year, um, I think he's already spent over a year total in Vietnam, and he spent most of his time in Hanoi. And he said it's way more communist than the South. Yeah, they were having some sort of communist leaders meeting when I was there. So there was loads of communist propaganda. It was about 40 degrees all day. It was about 95% humidity. It was just a weird place to go to, is the honest answer. But on the plus side, Greece to Vietnam is a very old-school Amazing Race flight. Yes, yes, it is. Look at all that sleep they can have. That is a long flight. And they've not done a, a flight that long in a while. Was it direct? I doubt it. <laughs> it was 14 hours. Well, I looked I looked online, actually. A direct flight is 14 hours. I'm not sure if it was. I bet the Vietnamese currency is less inflated than the Greek currency. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Did you hear that the flight from Venice to Bari last week was actually a private jet as well? That's why they had champagne. Oh, popping yeah. bottles? Yeah, apparently um, 
there was some sort of snafu with the flights, so uh, production had to stump up for a a, uh, a private jet for them. Wow. Wow. That is lucky. So, uh, Major Race Australia racers get bumped up to business class for their last flight, and a Major Race 29 people get a private jet. <laughs> Lil Bow Wow is probably really jealous right now. <laughs> how, how on earth do you come up with that? Because it's re- it was in the news like a week ago. Um, oh, okay. That Lil Bow Wow took Lil Bow Wow took a picture of a private jet on Instagram, saying, "Oh, this is this is my ride to get from Atlanta to New York or something like that." And then about an hour later, or a few hours later, I guess he was actually on an economy uh, fare on a flight. And then oh. there's p- other people who knew of Bow Wow's Instagram post, I think. And they were taking pictures of him on the flight saying, um, Bow Wow is in economy class right now with us. I have a feeling he just took a picture of a random plane. And sure enough, it was a pri- the quote-unquote private jet he posted on Instagram was a stock photo, I think, of just a plane that you could Google easily. <laughs> oh so he's not as successful uh, as a rapper as he used to be. He's clearly gone through all of his money now. But he it's still wants sense. to have that whole image. Which that image is effectively gone. <laughs> all of his all of his street cred is 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 done. And Tara and Joey are both not well post flight because they only had about two hours sleep each. I don't understand uh, that. It's a huge flight. Yeah, but I struggled to sleep on flights as well. They should have uh, yeah. found somebody who was willing to prescribe them some some Zopiclone and they would have been good. They'll just knock you out. Logan advocating for drugs. <laughs> I have no. I know. Uh, not here, I but I've heard stories. Yeah, he knows sto- a dealer. <laughs> I've heard sto- I've heard stories. I've heard stories of other pharmacists who will prescribe themselves a, a pill or two of Sabaclone whenever they have to fly a long distance. Basically, Logan knows a guy who could hook you up with something that will knock you out on a flight. Yes. Giving <laughs> such that's... a good impression of yourself there, Logan. I don't know any other way to phrase it. <laughs> I wish I wish I could. And um, teams must now find the Guangxu Temple to get their next clue. Oh, when uh, Floyd did the bungee jumping task, um, Becca or Becca, yeah, Becca did it. She said, "Oh, who who would uh, who would do something like this?" And I think the the people said, "Oh, only crazy people." And she's like, "What crazy people?" And then she herself makes a bunch of weird random sound effects before she embraces the bungee jump. So the crazy person who would embrace the jump is clearly Becca, and with all the weird noises she makes, uh, she definitely fits the criteria. I bet she had to take the fun meter button off because it would have broken with the yeah. uh, the whiplash. Like during mid-jump, it's like... And when they get into Vietnam, Becca does the worst Robin Williams impression I've ever heard, where she says, Hello, Vietnam! She it's is like, far too young to know. Good morning, Vietnam. I believe it's Good morning, Vietnam. Denang me, denang me. Go out and hang me. Or whatever Both the song is. So crap at that. Go on then, Michelle. Put us to shame. You can't say that and then not put us to shame. Good morning, Vietnam. And also, while I remember, thank you to Scott for making such ridiculous noises on the bungee jump that we now have a new theme. Are you going to auto-tune it? (laughs) I didn't need to auto-tune it. That's the thing. Did I not send you it? Oh, damn it. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. It works perfectly. It fits. 
It's so unbelievably good. To the base. If it fits, it, if, if, if the screaming fits, it does not acquit. It's ridiculous. I was sort of playing around with it last week and thought, oh, I'll just try it out of interest. And his the way that he screams in the next time preview from last week actually fits perfectly with the duh, 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 bit of the theme. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> and we are launching that as the uh, the theme music this week. And it will continue to be the theme music for the rest of the season. <laughs> in tribute to Scott. Because Brooke got the face cream clip, so Scott can have a new intro. Brooke gets the face cream and Scott gets the screaming. That can't be taken out of context. <laughs> and Brooke also says that she will always help London and Logan. Always. Yeah, and it's quite ironic because in the next task, she does help London and Logan accidentally. <laughs> Which Scott will be reminded of quite frequently throughout the <laughs> remainder of this episode. Seriously, what is it about Leg 9 that always makes the Hot Mess teams have an iconic fight? <laughs> the only recent exception to this is Gillian and uh, Emmett, and that is only because that came in Vietnam anyway. You never listen to me! It's like Chris and Anastasia? I said wait! And I meant it! <laughs> I said hold the ladder! And I meant it! <laughs> What I would have loved to see in this clash was if Brooke just sort of leaned over and pulled uh, London's ladder back so she fell. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. And then and then uh, London and Logan would have had to be uh, eliminated. And then everyone would be like, who? Yeah, and we would not have noticed. It's like, did, uh, and producers would probably be freaking out because they said, why, why did Brooke take out the ladder on that random local? That's just, that's just mean. She had nothing to do with the race. So it is a detour, which is bamboo climb or window design. And in bamboo climb, teams will pick one of three bamboo ladders, transport it to an apartment complex, and then through narrow corridors to get to a birdcage. Once they return the ladder and the birdcage back to the shop, they receive their next clue. And in window design, teams must carry three mannequins to a shop and then dress them to match a picture to get their next clue. The Yellow Stick <laughs> fan. Any comment on that quote-unquote difficult uh, route marker? No. We get another on-location report, which is awesome. I love uh, when Phil was talking about the temple, how he had a really hushed voice. I don't think he's ever lowered his voice that much before when talking about a destination. Fun fact, if you just panned the camera along, you would have seen Courtney Yates just slapping a monk. Yes. Or, <laughs> I don't know why this made me laugh so much, but when Phil tries to pronounce the name of the temple, I, I, just, I, I just giggle every time, just the way he says... Quan Zhu, as if he has to be really serious about it. There is a better route marker coming up in episode 10. Better than Quan Zhu? Yeah. And of course, on top of Phil's hushed oh, voice, it's yes. probably what made it funnier. Michelle knows exactly which one I'm talking about. <laughs> the one that nobody could pronounce. <laughs> so everyone wants to do uh, the bamboo side of the detour, which means that two teams are going to lose out. They haven't done that for a while, have they? Not had enough supplies at a detour for all the teams. There have been a few limited stations ones this season. Oh, have there? Yeah. We have definitely talked about limited station ones this season. Okay. And Sneaky Matt and Redmond do steal Brooke's ladder out of her hands. And then London and Logan fight Brooke and Scott for the last ladder, which means that Brooke and Scott do have to switch. Only Scott held the ladder. He never listens to her. Scott! Scott! Why didn't you hold the ladder? Why did you have to tell the? Why did you have to announce the street sign to Matt and Redmond? And we get a never-ending loop of that, pretty much for the rest of the round. But 
Scott is so abusive. <laughs> but he didn't really have to hold the ladder for her to climb. I think she was a bit scared. Yeah. Scott Scott's afraid of a 240-foot bungee, but Brooke's afraid of a six-foot rickety ladder. Everyone's got their own fear of heights. It's just uh, it's just that their fears are in exact opposite directions. Don't exaggerate. It was 15 foot because Matt and Red talked about it being 15 foot. Okay. But yeah, she's scared of a 15 foot ladder. What the hell was Matt doing it with it on his head, around his neck, with cars going past? I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then he actually said, I'm going to be decapitated by a ladder. <laughs> because I thought, why get it off your head? And then Scott makes it even worse by saying, please don't get upset. It's just like, Scott, <laughs> you didn't learn from leg one. Don't tell her to calm down or not get upset. My my daughter actually laughed at um, Brooke's line. Was it Brooke? Which one? I'm gonna get murdered. Hello. I'm gonna I'm gonna get murdered. I'm gonna get murdered. Hello. <laughs> Scott. Scott, help me across the street. Scott, these cars and motorbikes won't stop coming at me. I think we need to hear all of Brooke's quotes from this episode uh, done as Mike from Mike off of Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with Matt and Redmond, uh, it was kind of funny when they were in the taxi right before the detour, how for some reason I got really nervous when they showed the motorbike with the three propane tanks, and I'm thinking, that is a bike or a motorbike I would not want to collide with on the road, especially, no. if, especially if it was when Matt was walking and had the ladder position in the infamous Taj Johnson George position from Survivor Token Jeans. So if like that propane tank just happened to hit Matt with his head in there, that would have it would have been one of the worst uh, accidents ever. Anytime I see anything like that, I just think that if that appeared on GTA, that would cause an awful mess. And London and Logan make us realise why we've not seen anything of them when they say they weren't here to make friends. We need a reality trope klaxon. <laughs> now that's a pig. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Either that or that is some sort of truck horn. <laughs> meet, meet. Oh my god. That was a roadrunner. Auga. <laughs> oh, that's that's like an old-fashioned car. <laughs> well, it, it sounds more like Richard Nixon from Futurama. Arrgh. The winning team for this leg of the race gets enjoys the great taste of Charles and Jewel. Are you motorboating something? <laughs> that's how Richard Nixon talks. That sounds like someone from Futurama. Did you say Futurama? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it just he did it really well. Wait to listen to the conversation there, Michelle. I'm sorry. I'm just I was laughing actually about future book quotes on my piece of paper. And I thought I can't I'm not going to be able to cope once we get to them. Honestly, if I could have just written out the script of Brooke and Scott's fight from this entire leg. <laughs> it's just amazing. But can I just say that Logan just did an impersonation that was spot on. For once. His his mic impression isn't that bad. His Joey impression is utter, utter turd. But his Joey one's not too bad. You've not tried Joey today, actually, have you? We need we need uh, a Joey impression coming up soon. No. <laughs> it's retired. Wrong. It's not. It's never retired. D- don't make Joey call you a pussy. Because you know he will. Eh, he can call me what he wants. And... Um, Becca and Floyd get stuck on the stairs. Surprisingly, it's not Redmond who gets stuck on stairs. <laughs> Why are people scared of ladders? I'm scared of ladders. I'm not. Why? 
So there's just, a lot of them can be so unbalanced. You just climb up them, you do what you have to do, and you get back down. I've never had a problem with a ladder. When I was in Europe, I had to be in the top bunk for about five or six hostels in a row. Even there was even one hostel where it was a triple bunk bed and I was on the very top. And during Logan's hostel experiences, he was never offered to go to the sauna. The sauna? The sauna. Sauna. You, at the you spa. want to go to the sauna? Sauna at the spa. Logan saunas? <laughs> did Logan, when he was trying to get someone with the ladder, did he actually hit the cameraman? Yes. He did. Oh, God. And then uh, London Logan get one of the more imp- inappropriate quotes when uh, transporting the ladder when uh, Logan says, oh, watch out, London, otherwise I'm going to stab you in the butt with the ladder. Where it's like, did we really need to hear that on TV? Depends what the ladder is code for. Yeah. Or he, he, didn't, he didn't say ladder, he just said with it. So it could have been, he may not have even been referencing the ladder. Meanwhile, because London said no, then Sarah got swapped in, I guess. Hey, did Brooke actually say no to a pole in the street when she was walking because i'm pretty sure she did i'm pretty sure she did and i'm like the humidity can the humidity can really get to you apart from anything else though brooke actually had the right tactic for the the mannequin challenge of wrapping the limbs as much as you can Mm. which is something you think with wrapping limbs that uh something beck and floyd would have been eager to do no they're more spitting bars and with the car there was a car beeping her, and she went, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm crossing here. This episode was fantastic. And then, you don't know anything. <laughs> John Snow. Or that whole exchange with, uh, it's been probably an hour since the latter incident, and Brooke and Scott, or Brooke is still bringing it up, where she's like, I heard, where he said, I need you to tell me what you need. I need you to hold the ladder. Oh, you didn't even grab the ladder, so shut up about the ladder. It's your fault we didn't grab the ladder. <laughs> you you gave the street name to both of them. I'm just giving you reality. Scott's just paying over and over again. I think of all the hot mess teams, Brooke and Scott might take the cake just because Scott bites back. Usually it's a hot... A hot mess, and then their partner, who is just sort of quite passive and ignores them. <laughs> I mean, Blair did fight back slightly with Haley, but never to the level of Scott. Scott will just give it as good as he gets, and it's hilarious. And despite all the haste on the social media, I love it when we get an argumentative team who are actually quite fun to watch, unlike Jonathan and Victoria. Mm, definitely. Like, imagine this season without Brooke and Scott. Without Joey. It would be all London and Logan scenes. It would, and it'd be very boring. Mm. Well, Becker and Floyd are there, though. I'm sure London and Logan are lovely people, but they are not lovely people for TV. And Beck and Floyd and Matt and Redmond have this little alliance going with helping each other through the detour. And Matt quotes, uh, he quotes uh, Ross from Friends with constantly yelling out for everyone to pivot. 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 <laughs> I would have gone with Jared from Silicon Valley because I much prefer Silicon Valley. But yeah, I, well, I'm not big on Friends, but that's like the one thing. That's whenever Friends is brought up, it's the one thing that me and my friends will quote is the whole pivot, pivot. You should watch Silicon Valley, by the way. It's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, so Matt's little uh, furniture moving experience benefits two teams. Yeah, and London and Logan struggling scene is utterly 
riveting television. They used the ladder as a brace, and those locals were trying to duck out of the way. That's all I got, really, for that scene. Yeah, there's nothing to say about it at all. Except the camera hitting. And my next note is just, Brooke is a bit of a mess. (laughs) She was having a hard day, bless her. It's so hot. Michael, you've been there. You know how hot that friggin' place is. And even worse, I've suffered from heat exhaustion in very similar weather. It's so humid. I damn near collapsed in Macau because of heat exhaustion. Mm. So I I completely and utterly feel for Floyd going out that way. But, oh, <laughs> the heat is just awesome. I don't understand why some of the women's hair was still dry. Because I would have been wringing wet, like flipping the hair around and drips coming off it. I just, it's so hot there. And doing all that physical activity... I'm surprised they still look good. I don't know why, but heat always makes people go a little bit crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, you would have never seen the Jillian coconut scene anywhere other than Vietnam on that season, I don't think. Also, when see Anne and Tanya almost die as well. Yeah, but no one cares about them. They're only good for one thing, and that was um, giving me face cream clips. It's like magic in my fingers. So, Becker and Floyd leave Bamboo in first, with Matt and Redmond in second. And teams must now find Tongnat Park, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. You have to pay Dong to get to the Tong. And Matt and Redmond look just slightly sweaty. Just a little bit sweaty. They are ringing wet. And it pretty much jumps ahead to uh, Beck and Floyd winning the leg with Matt and Redmond in second. With Beck and Floyd saying that they're unstoppable and that Matt and Redmond are un... I can't believe I'm saying this. Unbelievable. Well... And then we go back to Scott and Brooke. (laughs) Yeah, then we go back to the fun bit of the episode. Ow! Come on! (laughs) That does sound more like your terrible impression of Joey, actually. That sounds like you're trying desperately to say Tara. Tara. (laughs) Tara. I want to know if Phil came back to New Zealand for a holiday and he, he was talking about a team. Say he's got a friend called Tara. Would he call her Tara? Would he call her Tara? This is one of my things that eats at my brain. These are the questions that Michelle wants to know. Yeah, because I know a lot of the other trivia stuff. I want to know stupid things like this. He would invite Tara to the spare. <laughs> That's, I was about to jump in with a spa joke saying, imagine if they go on a spa day together. Everyone's just going to point and laugh at him. Too slow, Saunders, too slow. Oh, I know that, that Phil has this weird thing where when he introduces teams that if the first team's name ends with the letter a that he, he his accent his accent really comes out like uh, monica arnshiri is what he always says back in the day just to give an example so if it's like tar and, and a friend of hers then uh, then the kiwi comes out you know what if i can get on when he's on live next week i'm gonna ask him in that stream that goes up <laughs> He won't answer you. I can give it a shot. Yeah, you know as well as I do, he will not answer you. Maybe we could do it on Twitter. You answer me on Twitter. I need to know an answer. Call his house too, send him mail, email him, email his uh, publicist, <laughs> just everybody. I'll, I'll ask him this. I can ask him this for you. <gasps> You're going there in two weeks. Yeah. So London and Logan describe themselves as, and I quote, a great team. Yes, who we haven't seen a lot of. A great team who we've seen nothing of at all. 
Well, they're around a bit now because there aren't that many teams left. Yeah, we still saw the le- the least of them mm. out of all the teams in these two episodes. So it is Becker and Floyd who coming in first, and they win a cruise to the Galapagos Islands, which is awesome. How great is that prize? That is a fantastic prize. So good. Especially as it's only ever been visited by one amazing race, mm. which was the Ecuador season. Such a good prize. That's legitimately one of the best prizes they've ever given away. Mm. I think they've only given a prize away to Sydney, Australia once. Is that right? Not sure. I'm pretty sure they've given one Australian prize away. Australia doesn't get given away very often. That's because no one wants to come there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, That's why we have half the English here, Michael. <laughs> True. <laughs> that's because it's England but sunny. Yes, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, Matt and Redmond coming in second. And then Brooks shouts at cars. <laughs> and then we see an adorable Dalmatian puppy as well. Did you catch that? Just briefly. Oh, it was so cute. And London and Logan leave Bampoo in third, with Brooke and Scott leaving Window in fourth. And then Brooke has the quote of the episode when she rebukes Scott for feeling sad that uh, Tara and Joey behind them and says, and I quote, You're so sad? Fucking thrilled. <laughs> did they beep her out? <laughs> they did. <laughs> she... Oh. Do you think the bus driver would have left if they paid them enough? Yes. 100%. So dodgy. But is it a bad tactic? No, no, I don't think it is. But imagine if it went through. Oh, could we have heard any more about it on the fan pages if it went through? I think if, you've, if you're going to go into the Amazing Race thinking, I'm going to lie, cheat and steal, maybe paying off the bus drivers is not a bad idea. Mm. Oh man, when London and Logan check into the pit stop. It's not even London and Logan that make these scenes whenever they check in this leg in the previous round. It's just Phil's reaction. Like last week, Phil, Phil told the was talking to the pit stop greeter, saying, "See, I was see, I was telling you about his muscles." <laughs> and then uh, this round, uh, when he's when he sees Logan uh, checking onto the mat, he said, "Is it hot? Is it hot enough for you?" I'm thinking, ease back on your game, Phil. I mean, Logan's already racing with London, and then he starts dating Sarah after the show. I mean, we've got a love triangle as it is, and Phil's making it into a love quadrilateral. It's like, geez, Phil, stop trying to get him to take his clothes off. Is it hot enough for you, Logan? Because <laughs> it's hot enough for me. How about w- now? Want to go to the spa? Oh, God, stop it. <laughs> stop it. And you know what I loved? There was a little sight gag as, uh, as Brooke and Scott were about to check in. And I don't know whether you noticed it. As we see Phil and the greeter as Brooke and Scott are about to check in, the greeter is mirroring Phil's hands. And it is the funniest thing ever. Really? Like Rodney and uh, and Joaquin-esque? Yeah, it's uncanny. If you go back and watch it now, you'll see that the greeter is mirroring Phil's hands exactly as she's waiting for Broken Scott to check in. Is it like when, uh, was it Mason Race Family Edition during the Arizona pit stop where they had the young kid as the greeter and he turns around to look up at Phil to see what Phil's doing and then copy him? Yeah, it's so good. That's weird. Yeah. You'll spot it now if you go back. Did we talk about the unfortunate return of the hashtag read your clue thing? No, we ignored that. Okay, good. Um, and what about the Dalmatian on the motorbike? It was bouncing. It was bouncing on the motorbike. We did discuss the the adorable Dalmatian. Yeah, I wonder if uh, wonder if the Dalmatian was uh, 
in the episode because it was a donation by the surviving members of Sublime? Uh, so yeah, Brooke and Scott checking in fourth, and that does mean that Tara and Joey checking in last, and then Joey collapses. And then Tara said, oh, my teammate is almost dead. Now you care about him. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously some bad blood between Tara and Joey and Brooke and Scott. They've got bad blood? Yeah. Oh, here I mean, we they go. used to be mad here love. We go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what caused that. Honestly, you don't think that the whole misdirection with Brooke, with uh, Brooke saying, "Oh yeah, we're we're uh, where Tara said, hey, well, what's wrong, Brooke? Oh, nothing. I'm just losing my mind." If there, if, and then uh, not telling Tara and Joey that the stations for the ladder thing was full, I would think there's got to be more to it than just a little bit of misdirection that way. I'm not sure it was entirely deliberate misdirection either there's got to be more to it than that because it may not be intentional uh intentional uh misdirection because believe it or not brooke looked a bit stressed at that time she may not be thinking about trying to actively screw over another team in that moment she was probably picturing the about a thousand ways to decapitate scott uh by the end of this episode yeah i certainly don't think it was that deliberate but yeah, it was. It still made me laugh though at the mat where Joey's passing out and Scott and Brooke are like, "Oh man, are you okay? Oh, oh, you give me a bit of misdirection as if it's nothing to you. But oh man, when my partner's ready to die on national television, now you act all concerned. <laughs> I can care about someone's health and well-being outside of the race. Yes, it's the game. It's, Jesus. it's like Brooke wasn't like. It's not like. It's like she's. It's as if Tara Tara is comparing uh, Brooke and Scott's misdirection to being the equivalent of if Brooke took a baseball bat to Joey's legs or something like that. Yeah, there's there's got to be more to that story. But yeah, but yeah, it's funny. Brooke's like, are you? Is this really how I'm going to be painted on on national TV as somebody who's pretending to care about somebody collapsing before my eyes? But anyway, in the biggest shock of the season, it's non-elimination. What? We didn't see that coming. Uh, 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 the final non-elimination leg of a newer season happening when five teams are left. Next next thing you know, Scott's going to reveal that he has a secret express pass and making fools of us all. So, next time, there's bikes, paddling, and Brooke gives birth. Twice. Why did we need a next time on segment again? Why are they doing it twice this season? Especially this time when they knew it was going to be a two-hour episode. I don't know, but it it makes for an entertaining joke on the podcast when I say two minutes ago. Yeah, like there was just there was just no reason for it. We just end up losing two minutes of new footage because they have to preview what's going to happen two minutes from now and then recap what we saw less than five minutes ago. Spoilers. Yeah. So anyway, two minutes ago, five teams raced from Greece to Vietnam. Before leaving Greece, Scott faced a harrowing switchback. At the detour, London snatched Brooks' ladder, which also caused friction with Tara and Joey. Beckett and Floyd and Matt and Redmond were close, but it was Beckett and Floyd who won the leg. Brooke and Scott fell apart, but Tara and Joey didn't read their clue, and were last. But the last non-elimination saved them. And one last thing that I have to mention from last episode, because I've just remembered, is that um, during Tara and Joey's little conversation about whether they needed a third mannequin or not, Joey says, we don't need no man. To which... I can only assume that Joey's a smart, independent black woman. 
I thought that he was trying to become a, uh, the next member of the Pussycat Dolls. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> it pops up as like one little half second blip on the <laughs> Skype call. <laughs> I mean, Joey's Joey's theme music from now on is just going to be Destiny's Child's Independent Woman. Question? Because Joey depends on him. I need the rest of it now. You just said question. I want the rest of it. Question. Tell me what you think about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't. It's been a while since uh, Europe when I would lead uh, people singing Destiny's Child songs. <laughs> Shoes on my feet. I've got it. Yes. <laughs> the clothes I'm wearing, I've bought it. The rock I'm rocking, I've bought it because I depend on me. That is impressive, Michael. Here I am struggling to remember the lyrics, but you were all over the Destiny's Child and Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and that third person in the remake of Charlie's Angels. I'm trying. To, I'm going over the song in my head because they say who all the I'm actresses are at the start. It's Lucy Liu with my girl Drew, Cameron Diaz. Yes, Drew Barrymore. Then that's the other one. Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and Drew Barrymore. That's got to be the three then. But yeah, Joey is a smart, independent woman. Whatever happened to Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child? Do are people still checking up on her? Can we? Do we have to? Do we have to send Brooke and Scott to check up on Michelle Williams' well-being? Well, to be fair, you know nothing. I know nothing? Why is Jon Snow coming up all the time? Brooke actually said, you don't know anything. Yeah, it's different. Scott is the Jon Snow of the Amazing Race. <laughs> I don't think that would be that could be possible because... If when Scott gets assigned to defending the wall for the first time, he'd be like, "Oh my god, it's so high! It's so high! I can't do this! No, 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 no! No, don't make me do this, Stark!" <laughs> I, th- I think we finally found Logan Scott impression. Oh god, I just had a huge coughing fit thinking about that. Do we? T- oh yeah, when Brooke and Scott check into the pits. I know where I'm going slightly backwards. But I did find it funny when they checked in, because uh, Brooke thought that they were going to be eliminated, and Scott knew they were fourth, and Phil says, do you just hate it when he's right? And I think the answer at that moment would would have been a resounding yes for Brooke. <laughs> mm. And then she could have brought up the ladder, and then Phil, Phil, Phil should have brought up the ladder at the, at the mat chat, just to uh, see them start feuding with each other again. It is entertaining. Okay, we keep moving backwards. We need let's to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with the previous episode. Let's let's talk about this episode. <laughs> so we we open this episode with Brooke and Scott and London and Logan making up, making up with Tara and Joey. Not so much. <laughs> I should point out though that as much as we were making fun of Tara's reaction to the whole thing, that Tara and Joey just probably had their worst day of the race yet. So I could see how any little remark from Brooke and Scott would have just produced that reaction out of them. Yeah, it's understandable. What would have been funnier, though, is if Tara said, oh, now you're concerned about my partner, and then Joey is is, is still collapsed on the ground, and he's just completely motionless. He's like, yeah, now now you're you're trying to take care of me. Where were you earlier? (laughs) Just if he spoke up during his weekend state, just to trash talk uh, Brooke and Scott. And fun fact, the only reason that Joey was crying at that pit stop was because Phil told him there was no beer available. Not even, like, Vietnamese beer? It would have been, like, ten cents? Nope. How much money did they have to waste on that private jet? They were just having drinking champagne earlier. It was an alcohol-free rest period. Oh, man. 
No wonder. I think that's why Matt and Redmond were sweating so much, probably just from the withdrawals. <laughs> Everyone was suffering. Forget the heat. Can you imagine Mike's reaction to being told it was a dry pit stop? What? No booze? Liz, have you heard about this? <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even mad at Brooke for you turning me anymore. Like you turning me is one thing, but if but getting between me and a Budweiser or any any drink for that matter is just preposterous and unexcusable. And teams must now take a bus to Ninbin and find Tamcock Wharf to get their next clue. And they have thirty dollars for this leg of the race. Should I ask the question again, since I asked it like 20 minutes ago and we've gone back so far? Do you think that if they would have given the bus driver enough money, they would have, the bus driver would have left without them? I said, I said yes, we, we completed that conversation. I know, but that was 20 minutes ago and we've gone all the way back. Yeah, but we hadn't even finished the previous leg by that point, Michelle. I thought we had and that's why Logan left. No, no, we hadn't. Yeah, Jesus Jesus. So, so th- thank you for continuing to pay attention, Michelle. It's 12 minutes past 1am. It is. It's 12 I minutes past 1am in the morning. And it's going to continue being 12 minutes past 1am. So Becker and Floyd leave at 7.59 with Matt and Redmond at 8.03, London and Logan at 8.18, Brooke and Scott at 8.36, and Tara and Joey at 8.47. And Becker and Floyd say that they've learned so much about each other, like that Floyd doesn't deal with heat very well. Who knew? Well, this this is may this may or may not be foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> and Scott says that he's learned patience on the race. <laughs> patience with women. No, just patience generally. And Becca and Floyd and Matt and Redmond are on a bus at nine o'clock with London and Logan, Brooke and Scott, and Tara and Joey at nine thirty. I love how Joey references. I know you guys don't really watch much baseball, but. Pretty much that that uh, series that he referenced between the Red Sox and the New York Yankees is perhaps one of the most famous uh, baseball uh, series in recent memory. But it's just kind of funny that the guy from uh, the guy from Boston that to reference any sort of comeback, he has to draw upon the 2004 American League Championship Series between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. When they were down three games to zero, and they came back and beat the Yankees in, in the next four games, and then won their next series, I believe, in a in a sweep against the Colorado Rockies. No, that doesn't sound right. Against some other team, anyway. So, because I know you don't watch baseball, Michael. So that's that's <laughs> the, that's to contextualize <laughs> Joey's uh, uh, Joey's reference. And in response to that, I say that comparing yourself to one of the biggest underdog stories in sporting history may be a bit of a stretch when the only thing you have to overcome this leg is a speed bump. Collecting six dozen eggs, for uh, which will probably be barely enough to feed Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. I think you'll find it's a comeback story. Like all the good comeback stories. Seabiscuit. I know where you're going with this, Michael, but we've used that reference too many times in the podcast. I know. It was the St. Louis Cardinals, by the way. It's a comeback story. Oh yeah, 2005 was the Rockies then. Okay. Uh, And once teams get to the wharf, they have to ride a bike to the unfortunately named Bitch Dong Temple and search for the Travelocity Roaming Dome, and then it's clear. I thought it was Big Dong Temple. No, it's Bick Dong. Bick Dong. Depending on your sensibilities, it's either Bitch Dong or Bick Dong. It was only Bick Dong for me. I didn't even think of the other words. When, when When Phil goes... To the, to the temple with Logan, it's always a big dong for him. 
I think it might have been Matt who said, oh, there's a sign over there for Bitch Dong. <laughs> just like, dude, dude, please stop. I love how they didn't even mention the current, just like with the, how Amazing Race Canada didn't mention the currency in the episodes, and the production acknowledged that contestants were making jokes about it nonstop. How they how in the American version this time around they don't they didn't mention the dong currency either. Yeah, at all. At least with the uh, with the Amazing Race Canada visit, they actually got dong in their clues, which was great because there's five all female teams on the season. Exactly. And uh, oh yeah, on the bus on the part on the nine a.m. party bus, did you notice that Clifford the big red dog was the was <laughs> on the dashboard? I did not know. No. Well, I took note of that, so... Cute. Ah, yeah. I think it was the Vietnamese version, because it didn't quite look exactly like him. I think it was an adaptation or a knockoff. Hmm. How long has it been since the gnome's been around? 20, did 27 have it? Or did they just have the app? 27 definitely had it. Do you remember when it was in literally every season, and it had they had to carry it? It is still in literally every season. There's always a gnome appearance. Was there one last season? Yeah. No, but like they didn't have to carry it from one place to another. They don't have to do that every season, do they? They. It was in the Dubai like last season. Um, they did have to carry it with them because at the Bedouin camp they were given a greeting and their next clue with the with the gnome. You know what would have been fantastic is if the gnome even passed out from heat exhaustion. <laughs> it's like damn it, even the Travelocity gnome can't put up with the humidity. Well, he's wearing a big hat. Yeah, he, he's actually come prepared. Probably lots of sunscreen. I mean, he is a gnome. He's got, he's, I, I don't think he sees the sun too often. I, you know what it would have been great too over the years is if, because they started the gnome in what, season seven was the first appearance on the turkey leg? Um, if they just progressively aged the gnome so that his beard would start to gray by about season 20 and then he maybe he starts balding around this point uh, in the series. Just the, just the life of the Travelocity roaming gnome on the Amazing Race. It's like, you, if you're angry that Jet and Cord have played the Amazing Race three times, wow, you're going to be really pissed on how many appearances the gnome has racked up. It's unfair for anyone to appear 23 times on uh, the Amazing Race. <laughs> so, once teams get to the temple, if you're not Tara and Joey, you have to head to Tonhainam and find the next clue. If you are Tara and Joey, you've got to do your speed bump, which is that they have to search around a lake to find 72 duck eggs, which they can exchange for the permission to continue on the race. I don't think the speed bump took very long. (laughs) And yet, weirdly, it's probably one of the harder ones, purely because it wasn't a piece of piss. Yeah. They'd be settled for Easter uh, next year. They'd all be off by Easter. You could make them century eggs. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Brian and Greg could hide the eggs for them. Now they're buried. No one will know where they are. (laughs) That would have been a better speed bump, Tara and Joey having to eat 72 uh, century eggs. Jeez. Which is also 72 uh, century eggs would still be short of how many years it was between the two times that the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Ooh, baseball joke. Yeah, Joey's, you guys, it'll be irrelevant to you guys, but that's that's the biggest burn I can come up with for Joey. He's just shaking in his boots right now. You do realise Joey's just going to send you massive amounts of abusive messages now. Bring it on. Just know that he, if he faints, I will care about his physical well-being. Maybe what we should do for, for number 200 is have a roast battle between Logan and Joey. That could be very, very interesting. And nobody was friends again. <laughs> um, 
And Becca starts making weird noises when bike, uh, bicycling again. She just can't stop with the sound effects. Oh, that's right. My daughter was watching it and she said, she's immature, isn't she? And I said, no, she's just having fun. She's saying, how old is she? I better not, my daughter better not become like one of the other casual fan people. I have to fix her now. Fix her. <laughs> Michelle wants people to, uh, to be fixed permanently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, when Joey was getting on the bike, we call it a bike stand, that thing. Yeah. Was he calling it a kick stand or something? Technically, on a mountain bike, when you have one of those stands, it is technically a kickstand because you have to kick it too. Kickstand, because I couldn't understand. Because of his accent, I was thinking he was saying a kingston. I'm like, what is a kingston? Kingston's a the place. Cap- yeah, I think it's the capital of Jamaica, if I recall yeah. correctly. <laughs> it's a kickstand. Right, because I've never heard that. I've only heard bike stand. I almost did a keg stand last night. <laughs> yeah, that's a shock. <laughs> Why doesn't that shock me? <laughs> and we get another switch back. We do. Double thumbs up to um, to production here for acknowledging Amazing Grace 3 and doing one of the most iconic detour tasks of all time as a roadblock. And this one seemed tougher than the Season 3 version, if I'm not mistaken, because all of that, or they had to make sure everything was intact when they delivered it. Yeah. Uh, If not, they had to go all the way back. Which is a rule that is usually usually put in place on quite a lot of American robots, which we've not seen much of. If you don't do this task properly, you've got to go all the way back to the start and try again. Might have been a bit of an unfortunate rule this time because of Floyd, you know, dying. (laughs) <laughs> spoiler alert he dropped too much the first time to to obviously do that just go back and pick it up like he did the second time yeah what you didn't see logan is actually the final scene of the episode was just a black card saying floyd died on his way back to his home planet <laughs> the fun stopped <laughs> the fun went silent the meter has never moved again we just saw a picture of ever hearse with flowers in the shape of the word fun it's a funeral instead of a funeral. Okay, stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just imagine, though, if that's what actually happened with the funeral? It's like, <laughs> hashtag funeral. I don't even know how Becca would react in, in that scenario, how, how she would be. These jokes are getting very dark. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, anyway, um, so yeah, it's a roadblock, which is who's feeling trapped, and in this roadblock, one team member must perform a switchback to the infamous Vietnam detour of Amazing Race 3, basket bikes, and carry a particular number of uh, shrimp traps to a fisherman to get their next clue. If they're incorrect, they must cycle all the way back and try again. And it is Matt, Floyd, London, Scott, and Joey doing this roadblock. You know what's what was funny is that uh, last, in the previous round... Uh, when crossing the street, Becca said, confidence kills. And then at the start of this round, Floyd said, our confidence is through the roof right now. So perhaps going into this roadblock, Floyd being really confident that, that he could do it really did uh, really did kill him this leg. It almost, well, not only in the race, but almost physically too. Literally. Um, <laughs> and Matt and Floyd do team up. Yeah, like there's a, it seems like all four teams have now, are Forming some sort of super squad to try and eliminate Tara and Joey from the race. 
Yeah. Thank well, God there. Was, thank God there wasn't a fourth U-turn for uh, Tar and Joey this leg. Like I uh, I said last week, Tar and Joey are actually the biggest threat. I would say. Mm-hmm. Maybe not after this week when Joey kind of dies. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Up until that point, you know, they probably were the biggest threats. Um, and we also find out that it's quite humid out again. Yeah, like we even on the team's faces, you can see just how drained they are. And I bet you the pit stop for between these two rounds was very short. I would say so as well. And then I'm guessing that bus ride wasn't the most comfortable bus ride to take. Granted, it wasn't a 24-hour Vietnamese bus ride like we saw in Amazing Race Asia 3. That one was brutal. And Matt does end up swerving. He's scary. He's like full on. Like, that roadblock looked lethal. It, it was not fun believable, as Becca would say, for the teams. And it certainly uh, didn't end up being fun breakable. Yeah, where was Vanilla Ice, eh? It was probably uh, off stopping, collaborating, and listening. And we also see Scott and Brooke ride to this roadblock. And this is where we get our prerequisite Scott and Brooke bickering scene of, Oh my god, you're not giving birth! You take spin class every day, Brooke. Ow! Ow! It's too hot. It would have been. It would have been ridiculously hot. And then Phil would have been alongside them saying, Is this hot enough for you, Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can make it hotter by getting Logan to take some clothes off for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it just me or is it getting hot in here? Uh-huh. Phil is Nelly, confirmed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's just a bunch of people who look like Logan in the music video for it. <laughs> the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. I'm just kidding like Jason. And then Floyd drops loads and crashes. Yeah, I love how he was, how, um, <laughs> this, this this already sounds like dark humor. How, um, when he was on the bike, how he, he, how he was uh, trying to coach himself. How he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. And just when he thinks he has it straight. It completely topples topples over and crashes. I imagine it would have taken a lot of physical strength to get the bike back up with all that weight on it and then try to straighten yourself out repeatedly. Yeah, I think this roadblock was more about balance than anything, though. Because as long as you didn't take the... As long as you were right when you kicked the kickstand, you wouldn't fall over, which is basically what Matt did. I would have been hopeless with this task because I still haven't successfully learned how to ride a bike yet. Yeah, you would have been terrible. They might have uh, put some like some training wheels on for you. <laughs> if only I should have. I should have. I should ask if I when I get the chance to do that task. Yeah, can I get an extra two wheels on the back end of this, please? <laughs> just for everyone's safety. And then I just nice casually, pa- I just casually pass by Floyd as he's passed out, and then Joey is in the middle, collapsed in the middle of the road as. Medics just shrug and walk away from him after giving up. <laughs> and it's like, hey, you guys should have taken the training wheels. And the, and Joey just woke up when he heard a can opening. He's like, beer. <laughs> can I come too? And then Logan makes Logan makes the uh, speaking of Drew Barrymore references. Uh, Logan makes one of the lamest pop cult outdated pop culture references in Amazing Race history by saying, "Et no home." It didn't even make sense. What is that? This is why he has not had much footage since the start of the season. 18 gnome home. No. Also, 
something I did notice about Logan is he loves weird headwear. Did you notice his mandana? Yes, he he had mandana. Uh, I think he's had like the toque as well throughout the season, and then to and then this round he had the weird straw of the damaged straw hat that he was wearing. Yeah, he channeled Jeff Probst during Survivor China and had a straw Stetson. Yeah. Had it got worse as the leg went on? Did you it notice? It really did. Yes. The more and more he was stressed. Was he peeling it himself? That's what he does when he's nervous. <laughs> Before he went up to meet Phil at the pit stop. Yeah, Phil would be like, why don't you peel back those layers like you've been peeling back that hat, Logan? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how I remember that Probst had a, uh, a straw uh, Stetson during China, but he actually did. Because I remember it in all the promo spots. Yeah. He wore it a couple times in Cook Islands, too, if I'm not mistaken. It was actually in his promo shot for China, though, I think. Yeah. And Matt does end up leaving in first, and teams must now find Don Tyvee, Bentan, and search for their next coin. Yahtzee! I love how Matt had to quote the guy from uh, Sandlot when he finished the task. Yahtzee! Next thing you know, he's going to be talking about how uh, he's like a wolf hunting baby rabbits on the race. And once teams get there... It's an active route info, which we don't get much of in America anymore, which is that teams must now learn how to row a boat with their feet and deliver a pack of items to a temple to get their next clue. And I have just one question about this task. Why didn't we see Redmond do it? I wish it was just another roadblock, and then it said, whoever didn't do the previous roadblock has to do this one. When has there ever been a foot challenge? When? Survivor San Juan del Sur. Survivor San Juan del Sur had a foot challenge. Yeah, but we're talking about Amazing Race. Like, there's a foot challenge in a season where one person only has one real foot. It's just, well, just bizarre that it's come up. Well, just think of Amazing Race 14 and 18 when they had all of those uh, hearing challenges whenever Luke was on the race, but then they had, would have no hearing challenges on any of the other seasons. Like, on the first yeah. leg of Amazing Race 14, they had to follow the music uh, to the pit stop as a task. Or the Canadian one, dys- the dyslexic one. To oh, read Elias, a... the very first yes. task was a reading roadblock. My my heart still breaks for Elias Theodoro. He's the one guy that I want to see do well in Amazing Race Canada. And what happens? He gets the one task that he would have sucked at. Mm. What up with that, producers? What up with that? And why did you want Elias to do well? Because he's the best. And I met him in person. <gasps> I what? Know. Yeah. You met someone on Amazing Race Canada, Logan. You have never mentioned that. <laughs> I was in the same parking lot as him. I am gobsmacked that you actually met someone on Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> it's him and then a friend of Frankie and Amy's. That is the best I have been able to do in four <laughs> seasons. That is so bad. That's tragic, Logan. Yeah, apart from, you know, all of the the Amazing Races you met last season. Or uh, it's what makes it even worse is that because they've only had one 12-team season ever in Amazing Race Canada, that the only racer who I have shared the same space with is the only racer who has ever finished 12th place in the history of the show. <laughs> it's like I may, may as well be getting thrown, have a pie thrown at my face by James Duthie. That's, that's pretty much the equivalent. Are you hoping that James Duthie comes back? No. <laughs> Never. Never, ever, ever. And Scott's reaction to opening a roadblock clue is, roadblock, Scott's doing it. It's like, 
not even giving her a chance. Well, it makes sense, because Brooks currently is mentally in the maternity ward uh, trying to give labor, so or trying to give birth to a child. I mean, there's twins coming, Michael. There's twins. How do you expect a pregnant woman to, you know, transport all those shrimp baskets? And Becca's reaction to Tara and Joey still being in last is, this is where we can get Tara and Joey out. About that. <laughs> there's going to be one slight problem with that. Yes. Poor Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> Matt even tries to help him after he was done the task, eh? It would have been oh, funny if he just nice? trolled Floyd by... It would have been funnier if he trolled Floyd by taking off some of the traps when he wasn't looking and said, Okay, Floyd, you're all good. And this is also where Scott leaves in second, and Matt and Redmond have already completed the active route info. So teams must now climb 500 steps up Hangwa Peak, the pit stop this leg of the race. The last team to check in may, well, be eliminated. That's ridiculous. Did you see the heat haze the camera got of the mountain? You can tell that production were just hoping and praying that Mike and Liz would survive one more leg. What the hell? He would have been dead. He like he was almost dead doing the grease leg, and that's what I that's what I wrote down while watching the episode. As soon as I saw the pit stop, I was thinking if Liz and Mike were had to do these two episodes, Mike would have had to transport that bamboo ladder and have to like squeeze through those narrow hallways and stuff, and then go through all that humidity and all of that running around have about a six or eight hour pit stop and then do all of that cycling and running up all those steps and do all that paddling and then go up 500 steps. He would not have made it. In fact, I know for a fact, Michael would not have made it to the pit stop. He would have been down before Floyd was both, both teams would have been pulled from the race. Mike would have died. In fact, what would have happened? That's never happened before. We're, to where what ha- would happen if both teams went down and just were not medically yeah. clear to finish the leg? What do you do in that case? Whoever covered a further distance? Because they also wouldn't have been able to make it a non-elimination. That's Ex- interesting. Yeah, like uh, or uh, if they were like stuck at the, if they were collapsed at the same task as well, and they're because uh, it's not like well you can't you can't determine which team was closer to finishing the legs you don't know how the rest of it would play out plus the fact that you know they're both collapsed and you don't know if their body's <laughs> going to recover well enough for the next round this is a really bad thought we might have just had a final three non-elimination i'm thinking that's th- that would have had to be the case right like you can't really have them continue but you can't not eliminate somebody either and say hold on guys we're gonna pause the race for two days and they've got and all joey, the joey ready. and uh I wrote it down too, but uh, Joey, if he had to do that roadblock again, if he had to do a second try on it, I think he looked like he was going to collapse too. I mean, heat exhaustion is no joke. They would have had all the tasks ready for the next leg, and it would have just gone a bit weird with with less teams. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what they would have done. That would have been an interesting thing to find out. That's a question someone can ask Phil in the live feed. Or alternatively, all of the races who are listening, can you clarify the rule for us? I don't think there would even really be a rule for that. They probably don't even anticipate that happening. Yeah. You think, well, maybe one team's going to go down every few seasons or so. But yeah, like, especially Joey during the roadblock there, I was thinking, man, if he gets rejected, he's totally done. Because he was already, he already had that same facial look. Because as somebody who has fainted several times myself, I kind of know the signs when somebody's about to go down. Well, first thing you do is yell Timber. Yes, yes, you yell the you yell the name of a Diddy Kong racing character, of course. 
Yeah, and then you swing your partner round and round. End of the night is going down. Oh, and Ooh. during the speed bump, uh, not not mean to go back once again, but during the speed bump, did anybody notice the weird grainy footage that they would uh, uh, throw in while Tara was picking up the eggs? No. Yeah, it was completely different visuals from anything I've seen all season long or for half of the uh, speed bump as well. Where yeah, just beats, actually. Yeah, the weird grainy weird. visuals. So... Floyd does also help London at the roadblock, which is nice. Shows that he's a nice person. I don't know how he could do that. I don't know how he could help her when he didn't have stability and he's trying to pull her up. I thought, oh, God, he's going to go down. He's going to go off to the right in a minute. And this is literally the most we've ever seen of London and Logan, ever. This episode, yeah, this is the most between the whole ladder incident, which in, in typical London and Logan fashion was resolved within the first two seconds of the following round. But we get uh, Logan's uh, no E.T. gnome home, and then uh, when Logan's paddling, saying that the oars are underneath his seat, and then this whole thing with trying to be Tara and Joey, and you know Floyd helping Floyd helping London out, but Floyd himself gets rejected, then London gets approved. She must have felt so bad about that. Well, yeah, because she knows how long he's been waiting. But to his credit, he didn't quit. No, it was his. His body, his body quit before his mind in this case. He had a solitary elimination because his body quit for him. Uh, so, yeah, Floyd does get rejected, and then London leaves in third with Joey in fourth, and Floyd just looks defeated. I thought he was amazing. Becca said that Floyd looks amazing, as in amazingly close to fainting when he was done the roadblock. Amazingly close to death. You're amazing, Floyd. Floyd? Floyd? <laughs> Is Matt and Redmond's um, pit stop entrance one of the weirdest of all time as well? Where Phil's just standing out on the balcony there, doing like a whole Where Art Thou Romeo uh, thing with calling out uh, Matt and Redmond's uh, place? What I would have loved to happen is if Phil called them out as uh, team number one, told them their prize, and then Brooke and Scott just shot up behind them and got to the mat first. And she gave birth to twins, Matt and Redmond, so that's that's just way like, forget... Forget Ida and Tanya, with Tanya being uh, completely unaware she was pregnant during Amazing Race Asia 3. Here you have Brooke, who, who managed to find time to give birth to twins before checking into the map. <laughs> and it does mean that we get the, the wondrousness of Phil and Redmond's conversation of, tell us about this leg. Well, it's made of carbon fibre. Oh, Redmond, I'm sure you have 12 of these jokes, just in case you came in at first every week. And uh, Matt and Redmond do check in first, and they win a trip to Costa Rica, which is a slight step down from what uh, Becker and Floyd won last leg. Matt will probably be able to find some of his favorite things in Costa Rica that he would typically find in Colorado. What, snow? Something like snow. I think that's the code name. That's only when he really likes to party, though. Oh, um, when London's at the roadblock. She, I love her uh, when she's like, Floyd, help me, help me, Floyd, help me, repeatedly. And I'm thinking, man, when did London turn into uh, Baby Mario? It was kind of amusing. All, all they, that they needed was, instead of shrimp baskets, just swap it out with the bubble. Floyd is the Yoshi of Amazing Race. Yeah, because he kept having to go over and rescue. She was yelling quite loudly for him, as, you know, like a wife would to a husband, saying, like, get here now, help me, help me, and... It shows that their relationship must have been a lot closer than what we knew. Yeah. Well, Scott and Brooke, Scott and Brooke were really close to Beck and Floyd all season long. So, and then Scott and Brooke were also tightly aligned with London and Logan. So, I would assume, by that logic, that London and Logan were close to Beck and Floyd. 
And Floyd does leave last, and the fun meter is very low. I love how she how Becca mm. manually adjusts the fun meter. It's like, we kind of get it, Becca. You, I don't think we needed to see an on-screen visual of having a quantified estimation of where the fun meter is. We know it's it's right around zero. It's like me watching season 24. I like how they've managed in between legs somehow to find a Sharpie to write amazing on it as well. And Floyd does crash on the way to the Active Info. And Logan says that he's too big for the boat. I think Logan is a similar height to me, actually. So, yeah, he probably is too big for the boat. Mm-hmm. And Floyd needs a medic. Um, Poor thing. Did you notice the medic's tattoo, by the way? No. I was trying to get his accent. Was he not the the chipper Australian doctor from Survivor? He sounded English to me. Can you boot bite? (laughs) Oh, at the... I know we'll get back to the whole Floyd thing in a minute, but Joey's sound effect during the speed bump was hilarious too, how he freaked out the entire flock of ducks with him just saying, Qua! And then uh, Tara talking about her feet at the... Paddling tasks, saying, oh, my big big feet uh, will actually come in handy for once. Are you sure that uh, Joey wasn't just looking for a car? <laughs> yes. Found a car. It's a bit broken down. Tower. There's a car. Transmission. Motor. The wheels. <laughs> Joey is going to love our impressions. I'm going to miss this season purely because I'm not sure season 30 is going to be able to live up to the ridiculous impressions. And I love how... Uh, Brooke couldn't help out, help but point out that Scott has big thighs when paddling the boat too and calling this a leg-intensive day, which almost sounds like a bit of an insult towards Redmond, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they managed to win a leg-intensive day. That's even more impressive. Well, all that spin class paid off. They managed to win a three-legged race. Or Brooke and Scott, when they're yelling at each other when paddling, when uh, Scott's like, oh, I'm being pulled by the current. And then Brooke said, Scott, don't get frustrated. And then Scott says, don't yell at me. I'm just trying to be encouraging, Scott. (laughs) It's like they just cannot stop going after each other. They can't. They just can't do it. The best thing about it is the fact that at the pit stop, Phil says, oh, have you swapped roles? And he he just gets a Scott glare. It's like, don't you effing talk to me, Kogan. Oh, (laughs) he he made him stop. He made him stop dead. Uh, Don't finish that sentence. Don't say that. Blah, blah. It'd be the unaired clip is uh, Phil revealing to the audience saying, hey, uh, Brooke and Scott, did you happen to do that whole uh, Freaky Friday twist? Uh, which one of you is Jamie Lee Curtis and which one of you is Lindsay Lohan? And when do I get to see the real Scott and the real Brooke come back? But Brooke also has a wonderful reaction when she sees the amount of stairs. Yes. Which is twice as many stairs as what... Uh, uh, Mike Michael had to do uh, in the detour. I love how we start the episode this week with Scott's "Are you kidding me?" reaction and end with Brooks "Are you kidding me?" reaction. It's a nice bookend. And yeah, Floyd has heat exhaustion. Brooke and Scott checking in second, which is their best performance of the season so far. And Becca gets emotional because it is actually quite sad because we all know what's going to happen. Oh, um, with uh, Tar and Joey, I love how throughout the these two rounds, whenever Tara is praising Joey, she always refers to him as Giuseppe. And then when Joey is, uh, when when Tara thinks Joey is being annoying in the paddle boat when he's trying to coach her to do better, um, she just calls him uh, "Shut up, Boston." <laughs> so Boston's the not so affectionate nick, uh, nickname for Joey, while Giuseppe is. So there's like a. If, if There's a fun meter, but there's also a Joey nickname meter. 
Fun fact, Tara actually told Joey to put a Boston Red Sox in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and talking of Tara and Joey, they do check in in third, with London and Logan in fourth. And then Phil does have to come out and eliminate Becker and Floyd. Be funny if Phil passed out from the heat as well, because he, he had to walk down 500 steps to go see Beck and Floyd, and I bet you to get back to the pit stop area, he had to go back up those 500 steps. Now Phil just got the cable car. Or a chopper. <laughs> that would be that would be the biggest tease in the world, is if there's a chopper that flew overhead, and then Phil just descends from a rope to check in on Beck and Floyd and said, hey, why don't you guys just uh, take, take the chopper during the roadblock, huh? So, next time... Teams fly to Seoul. There is a speed stacking challenge of some description. The roadblock seems to be Street Fighter. That's rude. And the final three are determined. You know what's crazy is that the, the, the Street Fighter thing is that that was when I was thinking of, oh, if I was ever on a Mason Race Canada and, you know, I finished last on a non elimination leg, the only way I would survive is if we went to Japan and they had, and we went to the Nintendo or uh, Cap, Capcom headquarters to play Street Fighter. Because I knew I would whoop everybody at that. And I cannot... I, it just blows my mind that something I've been thinking about for years is going to be a task in the American version on a Korea leg. And you know what's even better? It looks like the guy who Scott plays against is a world champion at Street Fighter. Lupe Fiasco? I don't know who he is, but someone on Reddit pointed out that apparently that's the world champion at Street Fighter. This is how much I'm into Street Fighter, especially like the World Street Fighter 2 World Warriors that I've watched tournaments and stuff of it online. And for Street Fighter 5, they had Lupe Fiasco, the popular American rapper, play against an actual Street Fighter pro, and it was a competitive match. Really? Yeah. Lupe Fiasco almost beat a pro champion at Street Fighter 5. So it was right when it came out, they're like, oh, we're going to... Put up a, pr- a pros against some of the top names, uh, uh, you know, or like the top celebrities or something like that. And then, yeah, here comes Lupe Fiasco, uh, ready to whoop a Japanese pro Street Fighter player. I think this episode was filmed right around the time when Street Fighter Five came out, by the way. So it's slightly fairer. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm thinking, I can't... It's like, this is just... Now, Masonry's Canada definitely won't do a task like this. So if I ever finish last on non-elimination leg... I'm screwed. No, you know, it's a speed bump. Anyone can overcome a speed bump, Logan. That's true, too. But I'm, I guess I was more hoping that, uh, like, the roadblock or something like that for the leg, if I got... if I was thinking more if it was a U-turn and a speed bump, and it's like, how would I overcome that? Well, if the roadblock was Street Fighter, I could probably make up some time. But America beats Canada to this task, which is just crazy, crazy, crazy that this is an actual real thing on The Amazing Race. So should we eulogize Becker and Floyd before Michelle falls asleep? Oh my god, yes. Mm-hmm. Properly? Did they, Floyd actually die? This is an actual, this is the first eulogy that, that we can be taken literally? They put the fun in funeral. I don't think that fun meter has ever moved since they were eliminated. No. And their strategy to really go out of their way to help other teams to uh, ensure Tara and Joey were eliminated uh, kind of backfired this episode. I mean, obviously... As a fan of theirs, and as the person who thought they were going to win, I'm devastated that they went out. But I'm glad that they found each other, and that they they are going to be best friends for life now. Yeah, it's nice. BFFs. Best friends for fun. Because pre-season, we didn't think that... Well, we said Floyd was going to be a second boot, because we didn't twig that Becker and Floyd would be a great pairing. 
I can't remember where we said Becker would go. I think we said sort of mid-tier. Which I guess kind of happened. It's fifth place. Yeah. But they are a massive loss for the season, I would say. Probably the fan favourites? Yeah, I'd In terms say of the so. casual audience? If, God forbid, Amazing Race 30 was All-Stars, I think Becker and Floyd would be a pretty good chance of getting there. Do you think it'll be All-Stars? I hope not, because I never want to see an All-Star again from Tar, because I can't trust that they will ever be able to do it justice. I do want to see Green Team again. I think that they would half-arse it like they did for the last All-Star season. Mm. I have very little faith in them, sadly. Did you see the one person who posted online saying that, oh, the Reigns are going to go do- down so much by the finale that they're going to reverse their decision on renewing it for season 30? It's not timeless. It's like, um, I think the ratings have been fairly stable all season long. They've been low, but they haven't dropped any further. There hasn't been any enormous drop uh, since about the second episode. Yeah. So, who do we think is going home next week? Will London and Logan really be in the finale? I think so. I think so, too. I'd rather them go home, but I think they will be the finale. I think that Tara and Joey are going next week. I don't really? know anything for certain. Yeah, because... I feel like with the the slight animosity that we are seeing from Tara and Joey towards Brooke and Scott, I think Brooke and Scott beat them at the end. But I think that this week was setting them up for Tara and Joey probably going home. I'm hoping London and Logan go home. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping and praying that London and Logan go home because I think it would be a much more interesting final three with mm. Matt and Red, Tara and Joey and Brooke and Scott. But I just feel like maybe Tara and Joey are getting the fourth place at it now. And correct me if I'm wrong in this assessment. You're wrong. But I don't think Tara and Joey play too much Street Fighter V. If I was to rank this cast on who I think is most likely to play Street Fighter, I would rank Tara and Joey quite low. But they are both parents, so they might play video games. Yeah, but uh, I, I know a lot of parents who don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, my dad's played Street Fighter with me, and he just plays this to God and just button mashes. <laughs> and just he just hopes for the best. That's what I'd be doing. I get the feeling that maybe Tara and Joey are being set up for a fourth place finish, but I don't know for certain. Maybe if it was like a, like my dad, the only video game he's ever played really and done well with was the Sudoku puzzles on Brain Age for the Nintendo DS. So that could probably be something that Joey or Tara could do, but... I can't see them being able to handle an Xbox One controller to play Street Fighter V. No one plays the Xbox. My brothers do, sadly. Okay, no one cool plays the Xbox. I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> so any final thoughts for this week's podcast before Michelle dies? Um, oh. Guess whose winner picks are still in, Michael? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to gloat. What happened to Slow and Steady wins the Amazing Race? Weirdly, Joey sent me a message a couple of weeks ago saying, fuck you, I said that weeks ago. I knew as soon as it got spoiled for me on um, on Friday that Becca and Floyd went home, I just thought, oh no, Logan's going to be so smug this week. No! I waited till the end. I just had you dreading it for the past two hours. <laughs> Nia, you know when Brooke, you know, when she was having twins and she was making those noises and those noises were exactly like I made giving birth. And then she's saying, I can't, I can't. I was actually transported back to me in labor saying, I can't, I can't, just lying there. And I thought, oh, my God, that is Brooke when she's giving birth. And then there's Scott holding your hand saying, yes, you can, Brooke. Yes, you can. I believe in you. (laughs) 
It's like it's like finishing a marathon. Was this before <laughs> or after you decided you didn't love your children? Oh yeah. That old <laughs> chestnut. You had to set me up, Michelle. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should sign off. So thank you for listening to this URT Number podcast. You can join us next weekend at two recap episode eleven. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Log Super Quacky for Logan, and Bear 3333 for Michelle. I can't wait I can't wait for London and Logan's breakout episode next week. Who's ready for a takeover? Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode.